Justice, demand Judd, the injury, accident, professionals, first class service, Judd gets it done, maximum compensation's our goal, see JudshawInjuryLaw.com, demand Judd Shaw, injury law, 732 Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 72, presented by Judge Shaw, Injury Law. Good day, everybody. I'm Greg Giambarisi. We'll be joined by Blue Claws pitcher Mitch Noonborn coming up in just a little bit. Hook, Line, and Splitter, presented by Judge Shaw, Injury Law. We understand the toll that injuries take on families, and we're here to help. For a free consultation, call 1-866-909-6894 or visit JudShawInjuryLaw.com. Judd with two Ds, Shaw Injury Law. Com. We talked to Mitch Newborn, one of the Adelaide Seven, seven Adelaide Giants, uh, Australian Baseball League champions that were a part of that uh, ABL team this winter, now members of the, uh, of the Blue Claws. And we, take, we talked to Mitch last week when they were on the road at Winston-Salem. Since we talked to him, he pitched three scoreless innings on Sunday against the Dash, and he's uh, supposed to pitch tonight, uh, July 27th, for the Blue Claws here at Shorttown Ballpark. So just uh, keep that in mind. As you listen to the interview, Mitch is awesome. Uh, great to talk to, and uh, he tells a story about how last year he was last summer, which was the winter in Australia, he was working a nine to five job in Adelaide, uh, and then you know was pitching for the Giants in the in the ABL season, and then ultimately for Team Australia in the WBC. So uh, a lot to talk about how, his story about how he joined the Phillies and all that too. So uh, great to hear from Mitch Newborn. He's our guest, hook line and splitter, episode seventy two. It's presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law, Hook, Line, and Splitter at Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Our guest, Blue Claws right-hander Mitch Noonborn, joins us from Winston-Salem. Blue Claws down there for uh, the week. A few more days down there before they come home on Tuesday. Mitch, welcome. How are you? Good. Good. Going very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. You got it. So uh, your story is pretty interesting. Um, but let's start with how you ended up here with uh, the Blue Claws in the Philly system in the first place. Um, yeah, the, the Phillies is, is, uh, somewhere that I've always kind of wanted to be. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of teammates here, obviously through Adelaide, we, uh, we get all the imports that come every year. So I know a lot of people that have been around with the Phillies, um, obviously tank tanks here. And then, um, Travis, Hager, the pitching coaches was, uh, was part of my baseball career as my Juco coach. So knowing a lot of people here really, um, really helped make decisions quite easy to, to come to the Phillies. So you were, you were pitching with uh, Australia in the World Baseball Classic, which we'll get to. Um, but before we get there, what about all the – what's the dynamic like to have all these guys from Adelaide here? Because I think you have seven guys with the team that were on your championship team in Adelaide plus Tank, eight. Yeah, no, it's um, no, it's amazing. It makes it very, very easy to, to kind of come into a new team and, and fit right in right away. Um, so, no, it made, made it made it easy to break down some, some doors that – with some other people I didn't really know, just for those people that I did, did have some contact with already. Um, but no, it makes a huge difference, and I, and I love my everyone involved. So, how did you so tell us how did you connect with how did you know Travis? How'd you end up with his team in Iowa? Um, so we, yeah, so we uh, we had some some other Australians go through NIAC, 
uh, Northern Iowa area before I did. Um, and a couple of my my buddies that I grew up with actually went to Nyack. Uh, we had about six Australians the year I went. Um, so Travis has always kind of looked into the Australian scouting, which is kind of cool, especially back then. Um, college was was a, a, a pretty big decision for a lot of us. So it was, it was cool to, to be able to go experience that and, and get that kicked off. So no, Travis was a big, big, uh, big role in all of that. So when you came over, um, you know, how did they kind of integrate you into their into their way of doing things? Um, it's it's been pretty easy to integrate. Um, Tank's been been preaching a lot of things that we've been talking about with the Phillies since I've been here in the past couple of months. Um, dominating controllables has been something that that Tank has been instilling in us for a couple of years here in Adelaide. So, um, it was a very easy transition to to kind of go because we've been preaching the same things back home for a while. So So let's talk about Adelaide. So I know you're you're from you were born in South Africa, grew up in Perth. We'll come back yeah. to that. How did you end up with Adelaide and Tank a couple of years back? Um so I played for Perth my first year in the ABL. Um and COVID kinda kinda hit um just after my first year. So I decided trying to travel travel Australia while I couldn't travel outside of the country. Um uh, just try something new, and and I really enjoyed the experience playing with a lot of young dudes. I've been in Adelaide for three years now. I'm planning on going back. So, um, yeah, no, it's been it's been amazing. And now it's, it's kind of my home now, so I enjoy it there a lot. I know. Um, so Tank was here in 2021, and he was pretty excited going into the that winter, the 21-22 Adelaide season. That they were you guys had a really good team, and then COVID kind of wiped out most of that year um, going into 2022, 2023, the season that ended in February, did you guys think, um, you know, did, did you know you had a pretty good chance of, uh, of winning the whole thing? What was that, that season like? Yeah, it was um, the COVID year was interesting. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of young dudes from Adelaide be able to to come up and give it, give they be able to go. A lot of guys wanted to go to college, um, which was cool to see the younger, younger kids get a shot and, and really kind of prove themselves, which was amazing. Um, but Adelaide's got such a great culture and a and a core cool group of Aussies that that every year it's um it's not relying on other other imports and and stuff like that. So we've got a good good bunch of Aussies. So it's the culture's always the same. Um, and we've always we always feel like we have a chance um, winning winning any game of baseball and, and then trying to just string it together and and put a whole season through was was kind of the main goal. And we always knew we we believed we could do it, which was the main thing. Um, we just had to to prove it and put it together. How many guys that were on the Perth team that you beat in the final had you played with? Man, every single one of them. <laughs> every single one of them. So, um, Tim Kennelly, who was the captain of Australia. Who played uh, for the Australian Blue Claws. Did you know he played for yeah. the Blue Claws? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I actually grew up with – I was Tim's bat boy when I was 12. Um, my first ever baseball game was with his brother, Sam. Um, and then I played with him when I was 15 years old. I played short. He played third. Um, so I grew up playing club ball against him. And then all the, the dudes my age I played on teams with growing up. Um, so, yeah, every single one of them I know very, very well. Uh, so you, you you play against them, and then a few of them are obviously on Team Australia, including Canelli, a month later. So take us through the WBC thing. Did you know you were going to be on a team – did you know when did they tell you that you had made the team and, and all that stuff? Um, the team came out 
Well, a couple months prior, um, you've always got an idea, but you never really understand or, or yeah. it's never really cemented your role. But um, no, WBC was, was one of the best um, experiences of my life. It was representing your country is always something super, super special, and especially the culture that, that Australia puts together in baseball, um, trying to prove the rest of the world that we can we can compete at the top of the, um, the top level. And no, nah, yeah, it's, it, it's something that I'll, I'll always, always cherish for sure. So the first game you guys played Korea and I talked about this with tank before and, you know, going in, we're looking at it from back here and you're like, well, I, I know you guys are probably better than the Czechs and China. Japan is really good. They're going to be tough. And then that leaves two teams for the last spot, you and Korea. Now, as it turned out, you played them the first game. So if you don't beat them, it's going to be super tough. You're going to need help, you know, to to pass them. So, you know, back here in, in the States, we were, a couple of us were talking and saying, all right, well, today's the game. You know, today's the day. It's the first game of the tournament. Four, you're going to play four games, but this is a big one. Did you guys kind of look at it that way too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. We always, um, always focused just, just on what was ahead of us, so. You can't worry about any other game except except game one, right? You got to get through game one and then get through game two. Um, but yeah, that game was amazing. The boys, the boys did an amazing job battle that bad. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it was just kind of surreal to be a part of. You you leave that experience, and, you know, you get back and you you actually realize what just happened and let it sink in. It's pretty cool. So you guys made the quarterfinals. Also, a tough game um, to Cuba. Did I know you Rexon hit a home run to bring you back in the game there, uh, in the yeah. sixth inning, and you just kind of fell fell one run short. How long did it take to get over the disappointment of getting eliminated? It to really appreciate everything that you guys had accomplished with Australia's deepest run. Um, I think it it took a while to to get over the loss. Necessarily, we were in that ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't feel like we were necessarily beat personally. Um, but that was just you know that's the beauty of baseball. It's um. And any day anyone can kind of take away, take away with the W. So, um, but it no, it definitely, it definitely took a little bit. But I think all the messages and that our whole team got bombarded with, um, congratulations and everyone in the back in Australia being super proud of what we have accomplished. Um, so no, yeah, it was it was a massive proud moment for everyone, and it took us a little while to, you know, get over get over the loss, but we got there. How many people did you hear from that? You hadn't heard from in, you know, oh, very, years. Yeah, yeah. There was there was there was quite a few, but it was no, there was nothing but love and support, which was amazing. Um, yeah, even just the people that happened to watch on a TV that they didn't even know that baseball was on, and um, and that and their support and watch was amazing. So, yeah, we just growing the sport and baseball is a huge thing. So being able to do that was was key. Was there like an a holy cow moment for you when you were on the mound out there against a certain hitter or whatever? Um. Yeah, I, I think there was. I was lucky enough to go to Japan in November, and we had a a two game expedition against Japan. Uh-huh. Um, so that that kind of eased me into it a little bit. We had a lot of um older guys in the team tell us what we need to kind of do and and take in the crowd and not let it overwhelm us. But the the Cuba game was bigger. The um Moncado and Luis Roberto. Um, they came up, and I actually faced Luis Roberto when I was under 18s in 2015. So, full of action memories of that, and just knowing that you know they're big leaguers, and and you got to try and do what you can, but then also um, stepping away and knowing that I can compete with that kind of level too was was awesome. So I know you guys don't have to qualify now for the next WBC. 
because you you won a game, so you automatically in the in the next one, which is big. Um, do you kind of have your eye on the Olympics potentially in in twenty twenty eight? Yeah, I'd love to, love to. We um we had a big Olympic campaign for the last Olympics, just with COVID and and everything working um, with the Australian baseball. We had to pull out, which was which was upsetting, but um yeah, no, we're definitely pushing towards them. That's something that you look forward to as an Australian putting on the green and gold whenever you can. It's um yeah, it runs that Premier Twelve WBC. Everyone just looks forward to it. Yeah, so what's the next big international event? Uh, I think Premier 12 next year um, or the year after, which is the top 12 in the world, um, which we've been pushing for for a while. And we're finally in the top 12. Um, and then we've got another WBC coming up. That I think it's a shorter break just with COVID and the way it was pushed. So, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of things to look forward to in, in regard to Australian baseball. Tell us about uh, Dave Nielsen. I know a lot of guys, a lot of people in, uh, in America will remember him playing as a catcher here uh, with Milwaukee and one or two other teams. What's he like as a manager? Yeah, no, Dave, um, Dave does a good job. He, uh, he runs a, runs a team very well. There's, um, there's a lot of guys that you can kind of look forward to and uh, look up to and talk to if you, if you need a, a hand as a rookie um, coming up, just a younger guy. Cause there's, there's a lot of older guys in that team. Um, and Dingo does, does a good job in, in letting you know your role and what you need to, to, what you need to do as um as that as that teammate so no i've got a lot of respect for dingo and he does a really good job of, did you what other sports did you play any other sports or what other sports did you play growing up oh everything under the sun i played rugby um growing up in south africa was was a big thing dad installed rugby but too many concussions had to had to try something else <laughs> so soccer yeah. volleyball swimming um no i did everything everything growing up played a little bit of australian football um so yeah, just every every, you, every ball in hand was was where to go was growing up. Did you play cricket? I know Rickson loves yeah. cricket. Yeah, Rickson's pretty good at cricket. Rickson's pretty good at cricket. I couldn't keep it on the ground. I I got caught out a lot, but no, nah, the no nah, Rickson Rickson's got a good cricket shot. What's the what's the is there a lot of overlap between rugby and Aussie rules? Um, a little bit. A little bit, not a lot. There's there's definitely some similarities, but then there's you know complete polar opposites. It's not. I know. Um, not exactly that. Which one's tougher? I think they're, they're both extremely difficult sports. Uh, footy players have to run 11, 12 miles a game, which is kind mm. of impressive. But then rugby players, you know, they they're getting they're getting tackled pretty brute force heavily with no pads as well. So. They're, they're both very um, unique sports in, in their own way and a lot of respect for both things for sure. And swimming's big too, right? I know in the Olympics, they always have competitive swimming. Australia does. Yeah, swimming's, swimming's massive. So a lot, like every major major city's on the coast pretty much. So everyone knows how to swim growing up. Everyone goes to the beach. Um, surf life-saving's quite kind of big in Australia too. So everyone gets in the water. Um, yeah, competitive swimming's quite big in schools too, so. Everyone knows how to swim it. So after all that, how did you end up settling on baseball? Um, by accident. I went to I was a young young kid and I went to a, a mate's house and he happened to be playing T ball the next day and I went and watched and then started playing T ball. We didn't really have baseball that much. Um, so then started baseball at like eleven, twelve, uh T ball at like ten and then it kind of just hit up from there. Like it was a very happy coincidence. 
you told me this the other day. I did, I did not know this, but you and Josh Hendrickson, who's now in Reading and has been here, uh, are pretty tight. Yeah, so Josh, um, Josh and I played Little League together. He was he was my catcher for a little bit, left-handed catcher. He did really, really well. Um, so, yeah, we grew up playing on the so the States team together from under-16s to under-18s. Went on a lot of trips to the U.S. together growing up. So, yeah, Hendo and I have known each other for a long time, for a very, very long time. It's pretty amazing. You have, you know, these the Phillies have a bunch of Australia connections. I didn't re- even realize Travis Hergert had brought so many guys over to Australia when he was at uh, at the community college there in uh, in Iowa. But it's pretty cool all these uh, Australian connections with the Phillies. Yeah, no, very very cool, very very cool, very fortunate. What? Um, so I know you you were. You were going to camp, or you're getting ready to go to camp with a couple of teams before COVID. How did how did that happen? And and then obviously it didn't work out. And um, when did uh, the Phillies opportunity come in for you? Um, going through COVID and stuff, I, I did pretty well in ABL, um, and some opportunities came up, but then kind of slipped away with people getting released and and visas and and trying to sort it out through COVID. So that um, that didn't really work out, but. Obviously, luckily enough, I've um, been able to give it an opportunity post-COVID, which has been amazing. Um, after WBC, um, I had a, a little bit of attention from some other teams, and then the Phillies um, reached out, and I knew that as soon as that kind of happened, it was something that I had people there to support me going through things, and you know, it was a good good uh, core bunch of dudes that I already knew, so the, the decision was pretty easy for me. All right, so t- take us through your, your repertoire. What do you throw? Uh, I got a fastball, curveball, slider, and then a changeup. What's you throw? I, I see you throw you throw the changeup a lot. Is that your most confident? Yeah. Is that the off speed pitch that you're the most confident in? Um, I think it just gives me the better, the best chance to beat them. Um, so you need to beat them horizontally and then also, you know, um, that way. So Flashing a, a a slower pitch and then and showing them that can that can ramp it back up to to low nines um, gives you a bit more deception, um, especially to righties and lefties. It can work both ways, um, and then the slider and curveball is just a good mix. What uh, so you, when you got here, you started throwing you know pretty much an inning at a time. You had to build back up, uh, you know after the WBC, but I noticed they've tried to stretch out a couple of times. You've opened a couple of games. Um, do you, have they told you if they're going to try to stretch you out or that you're going to keep in this, you know, two winning opener role? What do you think uh, the future holds here for the next few weeks? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too sure of, um, I'm, I'm lucky enough where I've got either I can, I'm able to start if needed, um, and then come out of the pen. So I started my first two years in Adelaide, um, and then last year was my first year in the bullpen. So I'm just here for whatever they kind of need. If that, if that opening role needs to be done for the next couple of weeks, then. I'm more than happy to fill that and and just you know do whatever needs to be done for the team and if that's back in the in the bullpen that's back in the bullpen so just yeah just here to throw the baseball and whatever you guys yeah. need to get done yeah uh who are some of the pitchers you like to watch growing up I never really took took into pitching too much growing up just because I played shortstop and I never mm-hmm. really admired and and respected it um as much as it is, but when I did get into it, um, I found Strom. I watched. I like to watch Stroman quite a bit because he was a smaller dude. Um, and then I also, uh, crap. 
Yeah, it was Strowman. And then when Chapman was going through, when he was with Cincinnati and stuff, I was just electric to watch Chapman. No one, no one was throwing that hard at, at that level just yet. So, um, yeah, Chapman was awesome. What are your uh, goals for the rest of the season? Oh, stay healthy, enjoy it. Make sure we can, you know, get better each day. Try and try and get our our weekly goals set and and ticked off, and then yeah, just stay healthy and and figure out yeah how to, how to get through. I talked oh, to Travis. On. Everyone, everyone. I talked to yeah. Travis uh, for this. We taped it yesterday, and um, you know, we talked about some of the you know how they try to have you know individualized plans for, you know, each individual pitcher and, you know, treat everybody a little bit differently and, you know, go from there. What have, you know, the, I know you've only thrown probably what 15 innings, maybe 20 innings since coming over. Uh, what have they, what have the Phillies wanted to work with you on and, and, and where do they see the, you know, the room for growth? Um, I think, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of room for growth for me personally, just getting a little bit stronger and, and a little bit, a uh, little bit of weight back on. Um, but then, you know, just filling up the zone, making sure you're, you're racing the two strikes, making sure there's no um, no free bases. So, you know, hit by pitch or a walk. I know I've been doing that quite a bit lately, but we're trying to trying to limit those. Um, it happens. Yeah, no, it's all right. It happens. Limit those. And then, yeah, just just try to win, win each inning at a time and, and not get ahead of myself. Just, um, yeah, pitch by pitch and, and try to execute, execute as we go. What were you doing this uh, last summer? Well, I guess it was the winter in Australia. What were you doing last winter? Last July. I was. I was working, working in Adelaide, working, working um, a normal nine to five job, and just training. This beats that, right? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. It was, it was not. Very fulfilling job, and I enjoyed it. But no, the, the ultimate goal was to be here and play baseball for a living. So. Um, no, we're very happy to finally finally get over here and, and get that started. Well, keep up the great work. Thanks for a few minutes, and uh, I'm sure you get in one of these games here the rest of the weekend in Winston Salem. And uh, good luck. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. That was Blue Claws Ryan Hander, Mitch Noonborn. Thanks to Mitch for joining us here on Hook Line and Splitter. Baseball fans introducing Bally Live, the only app where minor league baseball fans can score major rewards. When you stream your favorite teams live, you'll score rewards. When you chat with friends during a watch party you'll score rewards. And when you test your skills at trivia, you'll score rewards. Being a fan of the minor leagues has never been so rewarding. What are you waiting for? Download Bally Live for free from the app or Play Store and start scoring rewards today. Blue Claw split a doubleheader Wednesday with Aberdeen. Uh, they'll play four more with the Ironbirds as we tape this on Thursday, the 27th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nights, Sunday afternoon, and then Brooklyn in town after the off day Monday for a uh, six-game series that will start on Tuesday night at 7, 12.05 next Wednesday, and then 7, 7, 7, and 105 to wrap up a, a long week here at, in, uh, or a long two weeks here at Shorttown. After this week, though, only 12 home games left for the Blue Claws in 2023. So uh, get out to the ballpark next Friday, Star Wars night, fireworks next Friday and Saturday. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot going on, and it's going uh, to be great here over the next couple of weeks. That was uh, Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 72. Hard to believe we've done so many. Thanks to Blue Claws pitcher Mitch Noonborn for joining us, and uh, we'll be back with another one coming up here pretty soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. I'm Greg Jamborisi. See you at the ballpark. Thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. <laughs>